Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, my name is Chaz Evans, and you are listening to this week's edition of The Freak Out! Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Chaz Evans, and you are listening to The Three Count. Let's go down the roster. Introducing first, his name is Cliff Red Dog Miller. He's my tag partner. He's the man that runs this show. Give it up for the Red Dog. All right, new catchphrase. That, that's it. That, that's my catchphrase. And introducing now, he is a 25-time African-American dreadlock champion. You better call your mama because he didn't slap her twice for her good cooking. Universal, intercontinental, wife-beating, hide your kids, hide your wife, world heavyweight national bullshitting champion, Chris Idol. I have a question. If I slapped her twice because the cooking was good, what did I do if it was bad? <laughs> That's a really good question. You should uh, go to somebody's mama if her uh, with bad cooking and slap her twice. See what happens. Oh, okay. Always happy to be here. And introducing next, he is my little brother. He is also known as the Napster. He just woke up about 30 minutes ago, so if he says anything out of pocket, please, ladies and gentlemen, don't sue us, sue him. His name is JJ. I would like to thank the sidewalks for keeping me off the street. It's dangerous times out here. It's very, very rough. And uh, wash your hands, you dirty bastards. And ladies and gentlemen, we have a special guest here on the three count. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Eric. Hector! Oh, what's up, everyone? How are you guys doing? Oh, man, I'm great. We're uh, happy that you are here, my guy. Thank you for uh, being a guest on the three count. Oh, uh, I, I, I have a couple minutes left in my busy schedule since I'm not doing anything right now. So I figured, <laughs> go ahead, yeah. <laughs> well, we are glad you spent your free time here recording with Two, well, I will not want to say two. I almost left out uh, JJ and uh, Chris Isla out of here because I only like uh, Cliff. But the four of us to talk some wrestling. So oh, let's uh, let's get started with some news and announcements, ladies and gentlemen. If you have not listened to the previous episode of Now Entering the Ring, featuring Studio Twenty Two, Jeremy Grimes and Christopher Andino, then pause. Pause this episode right now. Go into your library of podcasts or whatever podcasting service that you use, because we're on all of them, Google, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasting jack off on. Go back, listen to that episode, and then come back and listen to this one. I promise you, you will. Oh, no, we're still (laughs) recording. We are definitely live, baby. We live. No, I haven't (laughs) seen their podcast yet, so I I stop and go watch it. No, no, actually, wait. 
<laughs> After we're done recording, you can go back and listen to that, and then you know what? We'll send you the raw footage of this. Then listen to this one. How's that? <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, go listen to uh, that episode of uh, Now Entering the Ring. So let's get on some news and announcements, ladies and gentlemen. So Wednesday Night War Rundown. So AEW takes the lead again in this week's uh, ratings war. AEW came in with a 654,000 viewers, while NXT came in at 604,000. So if you are keeping score, which we here at the three count are, AEW has the lead 26 weeks. To NXT's five. Yes. Five weeks. With one draw. <laughs> <laughs> also, some news, big news coming in on Monday night. Becky Lynch vacated. Well, now she doesn't vacate it, but hey. Shawty's pregnant. There is Shawty. something cooking in the oven. Seth Rollins just ruins everything. Exactly. Seth Rollins ruins everything, and he has ruined yet another wrestling career as Becky. Another Irishman. Now, right? (laughs) Hart was right. Hart was right. (laughs) Oh my god! I wasn't ready for that one. Um, (laughs) I was not ready. So, yep. Um, Becky Lynch is pregnant. She uh, announced it on Monday Night Raw, and we have a new women's. A Raw Women's Champion, and that is the Money in the Bank winner, and that is Asuka. So, so my, uh, so my question gone. about all that is, uh, would she still have the Money in the Bank contract? Because it was for the Raw Women's title, so is she holding both, or was there never really a contract? <laughs> actually, did you... Chaz actually said this. He's like, I think we should sue WWE for uh, false advertisement. <laughs> I do believe that, because... I mean, I when I was watching Money in the Bank, as I pay my nine ninety nine a fucking month, I was promised a women's Money in the Bank ladder match, and what I actually saw was a woman, a raw women's ladder match. So I think we should sue them for false advertising, but I don't have a good lawyer, so I'm gonna leave that at that. Cliff, you sir, it's up to you now. Uh, I heard you got some uh, questions for the uh, for the special guest here on the hot seat. Yes, I do. Mr. Eric, uh, for our fans and listeners who don't know who you are, why don't you give them a blurb, tell them about who you are. Man, like, bro, I'm just a straight hoodlum. Like, I do hood rat shit. Like, I grew up, like, straight up, like, Eric Acton grew up in some of the most, like, horrible cities in the country that you can imagine. Like, i lived in Baltimore, I've lived in Flint, Michigan, I've lived in New York, Riley, Carolina, like, I experienced some of the hardest shit that anyone has ever been able to come across, and I'm still chucking, I'm still smiling, I'm still rolling, and, like, I got, I got my hood rat friends to thank for that, like, we're all just a bunch of hoodlums, and we're in it together, and what, a lot of people ask me is like, well, Eric, what's a hoodlum? Uh, to me, a hoodlum is a person that's willing to do anything to be able to advance their greater good. Just like wrestling, like I know what my goals are and everything like that, and I know what I need to do. If I gotta cheat to get to it, I gotta cheat to get to it. 
as long as I get to what I need to get to, I don't care. Right on. I mean, that's that's great. It's funny because I was going to ask that question, like, hey, what drives you? But clearly, <laughs> we have answered that question. So, hey, man, talk to us got through. a legend with a whole hood going to love it. <laughs> So oh, talk no. about some oh, of your no, he favorite. Can he can stay. He <laughs> might take your job, JJ. <laughs> yep. Tough breaks, kid. You're the young one. Um, what's some of your favorite places to wrestle? Oh, man. I love, I love wrestling in Maryland just because it's home. I love wrestling with GTS. That was probably like a big goal that I was able to accomplish at the beginning of this year. Uh, tell you what, probably one of my most favorite experiences is wrestling in North Carolina. Like it's so wild down there. Like my first time, uh, like my first actual road show still to this day is probably my favorite road trip to take uh it was uh me jeremy grimes tyson creed and uh the members from riot city going down to rutherfordton north carolina for uh uiw and we get down there and it's it's pretty much like a makeshift bar and like someone's garage where (laughs) they were able to cram pack over 200 people into this like, like it had to have been like between like a 50 or a 60 by 60 fucking garage with a ring in the center. And they crammed like there was 200 people in this. There's strippers there. There's drinking. Like they wouldn't have let anyone under 21 in the building. Like we're all hooping and hollering, having a good time and everything like that. Um, fucking, uh, Tyler Moore got cracked in the face with a purple dildo. <laughs> I'm sure he had it coming. <laughs> oh, he did. It was great. And then me and him, we went to go put on, like, the worst, like, seven-minute match of our lives. <laughs> like, that was, like, the worst. That was that was one of the worst matches I've ever had. And me and him can look back at it and laugh at it because we've grown so much over the last two years where we still, like, to this day, it's, like, Tyler, whenever we're training, would be like, hey, remember that night in North Carolina where you completely shit to bed? Hey, remember that night in North Carolina where you got smacked in the face with a dildo? <laughs> That's wild, man. Yeah, so then, man. Uh, uh, outside of that, um, I love uh, wrestling in, like, Pennsylvania, New York, Rhode Island, uh Ohio, places like that, like being out in the Midwest and everything like that. Uh, man, just really anywhere. Like, I love wrestling anywhere. Right on. So, I guess, like, the, the, since you took, you answered my first question without me, like, ever asking you, um, what's, what's, what's the end goal for Eric? Like, where do you see your, where do you want to be, like, going into the future? Um, I try and I try not to set, especially with now how times are and everything like that. I try not to set like 
long-term like in-game goals at this point. I used to say uh, when I did my first podcast with uh, what was it? Uh, did you really write this shit, bro? Podcast. And uh, they asked me like, well, do you see yourself going to like Ring of Honor or WWE? And this was before AEW started. And they're like, is that what you want to do? Have more creative freedom? Like to me, like if I'm not having fun wrestling, like what's the point? Like I just want to have fun. I want to travel. I want to be with the boys, like be with like my crew of people going and do what we love. Yeah, cool. If I get like a million dollar contract, that'd be great, but I don't really need money, you know? But if I would have to pick an in in game goal, yeah, I would love to go to AEW. I have a lot of friends that wrestle in AEW right now. Like I feel like I would be at home. Do you have a do you have a dream opponent? Moxley. <laughs> <laughs> like it was crazy. Uh, the one, the one of the last matches I had before this whole thing broke out, there was a guy that uh, was taking pictures of me at 1CW, and he put him on Twitter, and he referred to me as uh, the next generation's John Moxley. And I'm like, well, I mean, John Moxley's like this generation, and he's still going. But he put like. Has it, does anyone know this guy's name? He reminds me of a younger John Moxley. And which was brave for him to say because I think Mox is only like not even 10 years older than me. But <laughs> uh, I think from what I heard, I've never seen the post or anything. From what I heard, he retweeted it. Uh, I don't know. I'm not really a Twitter guy. So someone could fact check that for me. <laughs> we'll definitely, we'll do it for you. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, Mox, oh man, I wanted to wrestle, I've like, I wanted to wrestle Mox since I started wrestling. Like, he's so funny, he's so cool, and I just feel like if I got in the ring and be able to wrestle with him, I feel like I would learn so much. And like, that's, that's how it is for me. I just love learning. Cool beans, cool beans. So, um, we get, we do this to every guest that comes on three count. Uh, rapid fire questions. So our imaginary cl- uh, clock's gonna go up. Uh, ding. Yeah, yeah that's the imaginary clock. All right. Yeah. So I'm gonna ask you a question. First thing that comes to mind. All right. All right. All right. And favorite movie. The Notebook. <laughs> right off the jump. Yeah, right off. The- I love it. I love it. Uh, Rock or Austin. Austin. Uh, describe yourself in one word. Hood rat. <laughs> Favorite song at the moment? Um, any of the Machine Gun Kelly quarantine tapes. Batman or Superman? Superman. Oh! He has power. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Last time you laughed out loud. Before we got onto the live feed. Uh, Nike or Adidas? Adidas. SmackDown or Raw? SmackDown. Favorite color? Red and green. Hey, hey so am I. Um, favorite curse word? Definitely fuck. Thank you. <laughs> All righty. Boom. Thank you for playing uh, 
the three counts rapid fire questions. Um, I, we won't go into the Batman or Superman debate today. We can do that another day. Um, I'm a Batman fanatic, so we'll leave that <laughs> at that. So, well, all right, man, ladies and gentlemen. Been hurt for you. Watch him get murdered again. We're going to go on and move on to the topics of the show. Listen, I'm the king of segways, man. I'm learning this podcast thing and segways. I'm getting it. I'm getting the hang of it. All right, so let's get right down to business. All right, so uh, a lot of news coming in on the uh, wrestling tip this week. So first things first. Um, Alberto Del Rio got booked, ladies and gentlemen. And when I say booked, he didn't get booked on the show. He has been charged with uh, sexual assault. And if I'm not mistaken, don't have the actual uh, blurb in front of me. But he also uh, threatened to do harm to a child. Um, so the debate question right now is this. Is this the end of the road? For Alberto Del Rio, El Patron, uh, whatever you want to call him today. All right. Uh, Chris Idle, you can start us off on this one. Eric, you follow. Cliff, you go after him. And me and JJ will come in at the end. All right. My thoughts on Alberto El Patron. Uh, I thought he was dead already. Just going to put that out there. So, uh, yeah, um, I think, you know, stick for him in wrestling. Uh, I don't think anyone wants to hire him based on everything that he's done. Plus, I don't think any fans miss him. No one would want to see, like, if he popped up anywhere, I don't think anyone would be like, oh, my God, I'm so excited to see him. Yeah, no. He can stay where he is. Eric? Um, fuck Alberto Patron. Like, for real. Like, if he did it, like, we don't, like, obviously, we're not the police. We weren't there. We don't know what happened. But if he's convicted and everything like that, like, it's basically, like, dude, I hate uh, cancel culture. Like, just immediately just cancel somebody just because they say, like, if you say the wrong thing, you say the wrong thing. But if you went and you did this atrocious crime and you're convicted of it and you do your time and everything like that, it shouldn't just go back to normal. Like, you should have to live with what you did for the rest of your life. And if that means you can't do the thing that you love because you took something that was precious to another person, nah, fuck you, dude. Cliff? I mean, that's – I have to agree. You know, the last time that I, like, heard anything about Alberto Del Rio – Alberto El Patron, Alberto El Rapist, Johnny Trece, whatever you want to call him, I don't give a shit, um, was he had that MMA fight with um, Tito Ortiz, where he got choked out um, in the first like minute, yeah. three minutes and ten seconds, right, to uh, Tito Ortiz, which Tito, you know, he is, a, he is a, a proven badass, we can put it out there, but I think the thing that we're, we're I just wish Tito would have held on to that rear naked choke a little bit longer. Ah, maybe, maybe, maybe a lot longer. Maybe, you know, to the point where, like, Alberto wasn't, like, uh, you know, moving at all. Um, because we've, we've seen his, his history of it, right? So whether it's just his regular, uh, you know, and I'll say regular person because I don't want to mean it that way, but this victim, right? We've seen it with Paige, 
we've heard yeah. stories about it with Paige. Yeah. So it's just, you know, once you're trash, you're always going to be trash. And clearly, Alberto is never going to learn his lesson. He's complete garbage. He doesn't need to be in a ring. He doesn't need to be – the only ring that he needs to be on is getting his ring uh, obliterated by, you know, some dude in his jail cell. That's really all I have to think about. So fuck him. I don't really get two shits about the dude. Okay. I'm going to sum it up quickly just like this. <laughs> I rest my case. I rest my case. That's because everything. Alrighty. Um. So <laughs> I wasn't ready for that one. Um. I gotta. I gotta agree with everybody else on this one. Um. Uh, if you did, if Alberto El Patron Del Rio, uh, whatever his name is today, if he did in fact do these things, if he is proven guilty. So, then he deserves to rot in a jail cell and, you know, think about the, his life in four padded walls and never see the light of day. Um, mm-hmm. it's just, you break the rules, you, you, you get the consequences. I think, you know, that just goes, you know, for anything, whether it's, you know, if you're a wrestler or a professional athlete, or even if you're just, you know, a simple human being walking down the street, if you break the law, then you deserve to do what, you know, do the time that you, Cause the crime for so I, I don't have no have no sympathy for Alberto. Do I want to see him come back later down the road? Hell no. Um, his second run in WWE wasn't all that spectacular in the first place. So it's not like he was missed. Um, I don't think his TNA run was any good. And um, like we said, he got choked out in MMA. So ain't like he's doing shit anyway. Um, he fucked up with Paige, which was dumb on his part. If I had Paige, I would have made sure that woman was happy. And I mean, but I just have a thing for British women. But Hey, so, uh, I, you know, like I said, uh, fuck Alberto, El Patron Del Rio. That's my take. Oh, rapist. Uh, El Sexual Assalto, whatever it is. <laughs> it's so weird that Alberto Del Rio was supposed to be, like, the guy that came and replaced Rey Mysterio. Like, because he was supposed to, like, bring in, like, more Latin viewers. Because, obviously, he was big in AAA. And then coming into WWE, like, they are like, oh, you'll be the next Rey Mysterio. And... Like, it's, it's just shows, like, how high of a bar Rey Mysterio is set that they're trying to bring in all these people to be like, hey, you're going to be the next guy. And then, like, you see things like Alberto De Rio's real life, and you're like, dude, you're a fucking scumbag, bro. Like, and this is Mysterio still here. And who is still employed? Yeah. Ray fucking Mysterio. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to move on to the next topic. And uh, so... If you have been checking your Twitter machines, ladies and gentlemen, then you have probably seen that former WWE employee, Leo Rush. Like he said former. Well, I mean, he got fired. Or oh, I'm sorry, let go, released. No, he was fired. Fine. Fine, fine, fine. So. Day off, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> so Leo Rush fired off some tweets at Mark Henry and to uh, some response that Henry had made uh, previously um, on the, his radio show, Busted Open, with. Tommy Dreamer, Dave uh, Greca, and all of them. And this was also met with Leo Rush, supposedly, to come on the air to talk about said grievances with Mark Henry on the air. Clearly, that did not happen. So, um, my question for everyone is this. Uh, Leo Rush had said that Mark Henry has brought down 
many, many of African-American wrestlers and that uh, and Henry responds that the reason I've been around for 24 years and never have been fired is the fact that I worked my ass off. So with that being said, is fucking Leo, is Leo Rush right by saying that Mark Henry brought down a lot of African-American wrestlers or is this just a bunch of smoke and Leo's is, Leo's a, a you know, salty, bitter former employee? Uh, Cliff, you start this one off. JJ, you'll follow. Eric, then Idol. I'll come in on the end. Yeah, let's let the white guy go first. Talk about African American subject. That's that's very uh political of you. <laughs> thank you. Well, I thank you. I, I thank try you. to thank keep you a, for that. I try to keep a politically correct show. <laughs> really? I'm not politically <laughs> correct. <laughs> What? We're going to talk about issues in the African American community. So, Mr. White Man, could you just <laughs> could you include us on this and tell us like how this is? Thanks. Come on. I appreciate that. So, <laughs> do I think? No, the thing about Mark Henry's right, man. Mark Henry's been busting his ass. He's always like trying to uplift people. He's he when it comes to like gentlemen that you want to be like or you want to follow, like Mark Henry's one of those guys, right? So, Olympic athlete. Always busting his ass. There's always the stories about how he was gonna get cut from the from the WWE, and like he just never did, right? Because he's always putting in 150 percent every time that he's in a ring or every time that he's doing a segment, every time he's doing some kind of meeting and stuff. I think the thing is, is when you put out there that you have like a lot of beef with people and you you air your your grievances about the company uh, over social media. It's it doesn't it doesn't paint you in a good light, right? So Leo Rush talking about um, Emma, right? Got him in hot water. Then he kind of gets removed from the company for a little bit. Comes back, didn't have a great second run because he was talking about his merchandising and how he was getting paid for the stuff that he was saying, things that he was doing. So then you you mark yourself it again, and then you have someone like Mark Henry come through and tell you like, hey man, like let me help you kind of find your way through the company so that way you don't have these kind of blemishes on you. And, you know, we've heard the stories about Leo Rush saying, nah, fuck it. I want to do my own thing. I'm going to keep doing my own thing. And ultimately, we saw where his own thing got him, right? He was back on NXT, and he had a great third run. But because he had so many strikes on him already prior to going into his last run, WWE was going to keep him around. Once they had the chance to eliminate somebody, bam, ejecto cito, cuz it's just what happens. So it's 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 on Leo. Like, once we get to the WWE, like, it's on you to control your own career, but we've seen other people who have come out and just destroy the... destroy WWE based on racial intentions. Now, some... We, we can acknowledge that is the WWE have, like, racial issues going on with them? Of course they do. But to say single-handedly Mark Henry was holding down people, I, I, I don't know, man. That's a stretch for me, because I just don't... I don't see it when I see someone like Mark Henry come through and talk about all the good things he does in the African-American community. So, unfortunately, like, I have to say, it's Leo just kind of being better right now. All right. So, I guess I got to follow up on that. All right. So, yes, Negro. (laughs) I thought we were supposed to be politically correct. I didn't say say with the hard R, so I, I was politically correct. Okay, whatever. Um, I mean, if you want me to call you with the hard R, I can. Like, I just don't think well, we would be able to put it on this, you know, on our podcasting services if I use the ER. 
Yeah, you're right. Uh, okay. I mean, honestly, I don't give a shit. I mean, if I'm going to call it, I'm going to call it. It is what it is. I'm black. But go ahead. Um. All right, so my opinion on this situation is I don't really know much about the background noise, but from what Mark Henry represents and how he presents himself, he presents himself as a model citizen. Um, he's been in the company for a long, long time before I was even born. Uh <laughs> So we're gonna, we're gonna put it like that. Um, Mark Henry, someone who I think that even though he didn't get like the biggest, biggest pushes, he always continued to do the very best that he was given. I loved his Hall of Pain run. That was really, really great. Um, Mark Henry, he did a lot for the community. Mark Henry, like, I, I forgot what docu- documentary or something when he was on the network, he was just talking about all the stuff that he does and like how he was treated and sometimes he might have been, you know, uh, bad, uh, Olympics, all that. I mean, honestly, Leo Rush, I think he's really, really talented, but he does things that, you know, hurt his image, which in turn, you know, people treat him the wrong way. I think maybe Leo might be misunderstood sometimes, but, you know, you have to control your own actions and you also, you're an adult, so you have to, you know, be respectful of your actions. And I think that maybe he should have probably took Mark Henry's advice. And maybe if he didn't uh, burn his bridges, maybe he might still be in the company. Uh, I, I still like Leo Rush. Maybe not as a person, but as a talent uh, perspective. But, yeah, that's that's my thoughts on it. Maybe just, you know, if you're a more approachable person. I mean, some people aren't, you know. It's okay. That's how I'm just going to put it like that. Eric? Uh, so, um, as far as Leo Rush thing, uh, I've had several opportunities to hang out with Leo outside of wrestling and everything like that from my uh, previous training school. Uh, Cliff knows, uh, before the, I came to train with Riot City, I spent a year at MTW Pro Wrestling in Baltimore for a year. And Leo was there on a considerate basis and everything like that. Um, outside of wrestling, Leo's really He's really cool. Like, he's a down-to-earth dude. He's really funny. He's charismatic. I think what this boils down to is, like, not only that, it's it's hard to explain. It's it's like an age thing. Like, he's only, what, 25 years old? 25, yeah. yeah. 25, 24, yeah. 25 years old. The average age of a WWE superstar that gets hired, that – so on like the main roster and everything like that, it's like thirty five to thirty seven years old. Like Leo, in that sense, is still a child. Like he's still growing up. He's only been the he was only in the business for like what three or four years before he got signed. Right, I think where yeah, what was twenty fourteen when he got ten booking before they get. So I think it's. I think it's getting too far too quick, and it's not, like, really humbling yourself. I don't see Um, I'm just trying to, you know, I'm trying to figure out, you know, what African-Americans Mark Henry held back. Like, I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to think. I don't know. All the ones that he helped, they seem to be doing pretty well. 
Hmm. Yeah, I don't know about that one. Yeah, I think Leo, he uh, he thinks very highly of himself, from what I can tell. I don't know him personally, but I just I've seen a couple of interviews. See how see how he talks. It is he's a very confident person, and I think sometimes that rubs people the wrong way when you're a very confident person. So I think there is some mm-hmm. a little bit of him being misunderstood. And I do, I agree with, uh, Eric that probably immaturity probably plays into effect. Cause you, you hear that a lot with, you know, famous people too much, too soon kind mm-hmm. of thing. Uh, it can, it can get to people. Um, but yeah, and I just, I don't think that you should air any kind of personal grievances on social media. That's just me. I don't know if you've got an issue with an individual. I feel like that should stay between you and that individual. That's just me, though. Um, Tell me some the guy that posts his memes on his Instagram every other day. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Like, but, I don't air grievances on social media. I only post to make people laugh. <laughs> Come on, man. But, uh, <laughs> But uh, hopefully, you know, Leo comes out on the other side of this, you know, wishing the best of luck in whatever it is that he does. Um, yeah. So I will say, though, like, um, like, you know, to Eric's point, right, uh, I think it was like uh, Chris Van Vliet, like, did an interview with him. Uh, and he did. He seemed very much like down, like, as far as, like, Leo Rush goes, like, Obviously, Leo Rush, like, thinks highly of himself as a character, right? He's very high on himself. He knows what he's doing. He doesn't care. He, it's all about him. But I think, you know, on the other side, though, when I saw the interview of Leo Rush, it was very much like a down-to-earth kind of person that really was just, like, he really shows that he has, like, a, he has a big heart, right? Obviously, because – and then you see his live stream videos on Instagram where he has his, he has his kid with him all the time. And even he, when he's promoting his album, he's very humble about the kind of things that he's saying. So – to see the contrast in characters is kind of, I don't know, it's, it's weird, it's a weird clash for me to see, cause I'm just kinda like, I know, I've seen both sides of the coin, and I, in a weird way, like, I like seeing both sides, right? Cause I like seeing the humble side of, Le- of Lionel, but I love seeing, like, the very charismatic side of Leo. So it's just, to me, it's just, I don't know, man, I have to, it's, it's, it's a weird thing for me to just look at him and hear him say, Mark Henry's the reason why I didn't make it. It was like, well, everybody else that Mark Henry worked with, like, Chris said, has elevated and done well on the card. So I was like, I don't know where you're, I don't know what happened. Like, and part of it could have been an immaturity issue, right? Where, you know, like, like Eric said, it's, you know, he's going to be growing through all of this and eventually we'll probably see him back on WWE TV, maybe, unless he's really serious about being retired as a wrestler. But I really, I really think like he's a, he's a once in a lifetime generation wrestler who could be a future superstar and probably even in a Hall of Fame for WWE if he just, if he under like he continues to understand and grow the way that he should be growing as an individual to be in that level, I think he very much could could be something amazing. I got the answer. I have the answer to his problems. Well, not the answer to his problems, but I can tell you why he is the way he is. Leo Rush is from Lanham, Maryland. I knew it. I knew it. Oh, that makes yep. all the sense. You know, I was gonna go there. But you know, I decided I was gonna be a little nice today. I knew. I was like, I, as soon as I said, I know the problem. I said, I know he's gonna, I know he's gonna pull it out. He's gonna pull that card out. 
He's from Lanham. And for, for those that don't know what Lanham or what county Lanham, Maryland is, that is PG County. And Pretty girl county. <laughs> you wish. So PG County for my non-Marylanders is Prince George's County. Oh, God, here we go. I hate Prince George's <laughs> County. Everyone does. Especially oh, oh being boy. from the side of the county where I live in, which is Baltimore County. Oh, Baltimorean, if you want to call me, Baltimore, Bama, whatever you want to say, I'll take it. But here's the thing. PG. He is from PG. I dated a bitch from PG. They are entitled <laughs> bastards. Okay. <laughs> So I'm gonna I, what what idol? Don't give me that face. I'm gonna call it a spade, and I'm gonna call it what it is. So here's the thing, okay? PG motherfuckers are entitled. Leo Rush is entitled, okay? His whole demeanor and everything is because he's from PG. They think they're so high and mighty because they're so close to the nation's capital, Washington D.C. You know what? And it's funny because guess what? I bet you this. He probably told them that he's from D.C. and he's not. He's from Maryland. <laughs> Maryland. Do you, and listen, okay? Leo Rush, he, I don't want to say anything bad about the kid because I do like his work, but there's sometimes, Are you know, when a. You're right. I like his work. I just don't like where he lives or where he's from and the people that live in his general area. How's that for you? Um, where was I going? You made me lose my train of thought. Oh, yes. There he is. You want to call a reach a reach? This is a reach. I don't think Mark Henry did anything to Leo Rush's career that was nothing but a benefit. I don't think he I don't think he held him back. I think the only reason why Leo Rush was held back was because of Leo Rush and because he's from PG. I blame his PG upbringing. Look at it think of it like this. He is the age he he's like 24 25. He's my age, okay? Idol, he's our generation, okay? You know how yeah. our generation of motherfuckers act. Now think of our generation of motherfuckers from PG. Oh God. Nuff said. Nuff, nuff said. So I don't think Leo, the only thing Leo Rush has to blame is his goddamn self. And he needs, if he's going to retire from wrestling, just let, let it be. Stop trying to, I honestly think this is a publicity stunt so he can get some strings on his fucking album. Which by the way, isn't a bad album. So if you like Leo Rush, you want to hear some cool little, Rap, pop, whatever you want to call it, music, go ahead and listen to it, by all means. But I think it's a publicity stunt. Get his name out there so the wrestling fans can go listen to his music because that's what he's going to do now. I don't think, I don't think Mark Henry held anybody back. Mark Henry, um, from what I've seen as far as interviews, and he's just a good down-to-heart person. I listen to Busted Open Radio. I listen to it almost every morning. And Mark Henry is just the most funniest down-to-earth human being you could ever meet. I feel like I know Mark Henry. I feel like he's like my my unofficial uncle. And <laughs> I don't think he's holding anybody back. Leo Rush needs to just shut his mouth and just go rap since he's not going to wrestle. 
San Francisco yeah. rap. <laughs> just go fucking rap. I don't think I've ever heard anyone other than Leo say a bad word about Mark Henry. That's my point. I was and I yeah. and I honestly I thought about it when I saw the news. I looked it up. I'm like, all right, if this if this is such a thing, who did he hold the whole back? So I'm like, all right, hmm. Let's see, all the African American wrestlers. Uh huh. Nope, 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 nope. Not a single one. So I'm like, eh, you're bullshitting me. Right. And don't forget, Mark Henry is the reason that uh, Bianca Belair uh, is in WWE. Exactly. He oh, he held back Bianca Belair, guys. Yep. Headline: Mark Henry holds back Bianca Belair. Probably one of the best women's wrestler on the roster right now. So, yeah. Leo Rush can go kiss my black ass. As far as Mark Henry. Like, seriously. Um, we're gonna move on, cause I'm, 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 I'm gonna bring up PG. I what, man? It is what, I mean, hey, listen, listen. Look at Kevin Durant. I don't mean, <laughs> that man said he's never coming back to DC. <laughs> exactly. So, we're gonna move on to our next topic. Uh, Cliff, I think this one's on you, uh, buckaroo. Yeah, so uh, recently it's been shown that the numbers for the WWE Network subscribers have been trending downward. Surprise, surprise. Uh, we did know that uh, WWE, when they first came out with the network, they knew they needed to be around 2.1 million subscribers uh, to generate a profit. Uh-oh. Use your words. That's okay. You got this, Cliff. You got this, buddy. As I take a screenshot of this, of this shot. Remember when this happened? Yes, this happened definitely. This happened before. So we're going to keep, I'm not editing this out, ladies and gentlemen, by the way. I'll let everyone know. I'm not editing this out. Um, Are you back, Cliff? I don't know. Am I back? Oh, yes, you're back. Cool, cool. You had another moment moment when you went into the Speed Force. Yo, nice. I everybody said something to do, and I was like, "What are you guys talking about?" <laughs> so so weird. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> what we do know is that uh, paid subscribers for WWE's network is starting to decline. However, the new subscribers are the free subscribers are starting to increase. Um, we do see that there is a number of about 2.1 million subscribers altogether, but like we said. Point four eight from 2020 is out. Um, the crazy thing is, from 2014 to 2020, we have seen an increase of 1 million subscribers to the network, but what WWE is trying to hope is that they're going to get more people on, on the network for a paid subscription. So what the question should be, actually, what do you think WWE needs to do to help drive more people to watch the network? Can I start this one? Yes, Chaz, because this is your show, so you just what you want to do. Awesome. So this is what um so this is what I think they should do. Uh, number one, they should get rid of the free subscriber thing. That's number one. I think that's ultimately going to shoot them in the foot in the long run. Um, it's because when you look at it like this, most wrestling fans. I'm not actually no. Let me rephrase that. Most non wrestling fans. Fans who haven't been watching in a while are going to only pick it up for that free month that they get. Whatever the pay-per-view is of the month, which is normally what? WrestleMania is when 
you know, they usually see a bump in uh, subscribers. Yep. And then after that, it's over. All right, cool. Not They're not going to stay for the endless, you know, the library content that they have of the of the past shows or, you know, some of the original content. Now, for example, this Undertaker Last Ride docuseries that they're doing, I think that's a good way to bring in some of these old fans because everyone knows who The Undertaker is. I mean, honestly, if you have been living for the past 15, 20 years, you know The Undertaker. You know of The Undertaker. So you're going to want to see, like, oh, snap, I know The Undertaker. I remember when I was a little kid and he did this and this. Let me see it. Let me check him out. Now, stuff like that, I think, would actually bring in more subscribers. WWE, they have a lot of good content on the network, but it's not, I want to, it's not universally. It's not promoted? Now, I wouldn't even say promoted. I think it's just for the overall fan, it's not content that would bring somebody in. For example, if I go next door to Jimbo and tell him, hey, go, you should go pay $9.99 a month. For the WWE Network, why? Well, because there's a bunch of wrestling on it. Well, if I tell you there's a bunch, there's a documentary on like your favorite wrestler when you were a kid, or you know, that might bring you in to, to learn that inside a look. The free month is that's hurting them in the foot because they're not going to continue once that month is over. All right, cool, cancel my subscription, or oh, let me give them the wrong card number and. Make sure they don't charge my nine ninety nine. That's me. That's my take. What about you, uh, Idol? Um, honestly, yeah, I don't have an answer for this one. I don't know. I don't know why it's not more successful. Like the network, in all, it has everything. It's got everything. Like if you don't like, let's say you don't like the current product. They have the entire backlog going all the way back, literally to the 70s, that you could watch on there. They've got all the WCW stuff, all the ECW stuff. They've got stuff from, you know, the NWA. You know, it's just, I don't know. I, I, I Plus, they got all behind all this behind-the-scenes stuff for people that are interested in that. They got documentaries on all these big stars. They've got collection. Like, I just, I don't know. Like they they got like I don't know I don't know why anyone would be hesitant to get it like I don't like because you don't have to watch there's so much stuff on there that you could watch all the old stuff and not even have to check out any of the current day stuff I I don't know is it the price no it can't people spend more than ten dollars just to get lunch <laughs> on one day at least. So it, I don't think it's the price. Like nine ninety nine. come on now, let's be – like that's nothing. Like right. the, really that's nothing. Unless you're like homeless on the streets, like nine ninety nine is nothing. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what more they could do beyond what they've already done to – uh get more people on board like even the even the uh the free the free subscribers thing i don't even think that's that i don't even think that's that bad because i don't know like it's just 
I don't, there's just so much content on there that I can't imagine why there wouldn't be something that would make you want to pay to pay to see it. Like, I, I just, I don't know. Eric? I got nothing. Um, so, I mean, yeah, definitely price, price isn't an issue because, I mean, like, if you want, like, uh, you have the freaking, uh, UFC Fight Pass is what, like, 10, at least $10 a month or something like that. I haven't checked my bill lately. And then, like, Netflix and Hulu and all this, uh, other streaming devices are around the same price as what the WWE Network is. It's so, like, pricing isn't an issue. What it comes down to is, uh, or content and everything like that. And I think it's just, this is just my opinion. I think there's, too much content and it's like i'm all like i I love the content on it and everything like that i'll try to watch the network as much as possible that way i can uh, study and everything uh what i see is i don't know if anyone else notices a lot of like the original content they put on they drop really quick mm-hmm like, um, I love that uh, Camp WWE program that they did. Oh! oh I loved it. They only did, Same. what, two seasons? Same. Yeah. Fuck you, and man. That's something, yeah, and that's that's something that doesn't cost them a hell of a lot of money to take. Have you seen the, anima- have you seen the animation quality on it? And it's not like, it's not like real animation, like good quality to it. So it's not costing as much as what it should be to do it. But if people are still hooked on to that, why are you canceling after two seasons? Or the Edge of Christian podcast that was so great, that got canceled. There's a lot of stuff on there that you're going to run and you're just going to do like one-off specials and everything like that. There's nobody getting like invested into it. Like, oh yeah, let me go check out episode number 42 of the bump. <laughs> <laughs> saw that episode it was really good <laughs> but that's just an ex- that's just an example in my opinion i mean i like the bump too like it's it's funny but it goes back to like uh cory graves has like three different shows on there and so far the high their highest episode count was seven and that's been since the network started so there's a lot of like uh start fail projects that they're doing to just put out there, be like, hey, watch this. Cliff? You know, the crazy thing you bring up a great point is that they don't invest enough in those contents, right? Like, one of the content, like, one of the things I liked on the show, actually, it was Corey Grace with, um, I forget how they call it. Was it called Inked or something? It was somewhere yeah. where they were talking about tattoos. I loved, like, that show. Like, I legitimately would go back and watch, like, all the shows about everybody and their tattoos and the stories that they had with them. I found it generally interesting. And I would, like, I, maybe I was one of the seven people who enjoyed it. So I think it's, um, it's just that, that, that you gotta keep bringing more people in and using that content. Like, I know they had a Renee Young show on there. And I think they had, like, four episodes. And then they're like, it's not working out. And they just, they kicked it. Like, you have to invest time into, to the show and let people come and find it. It's just like the whole aspect of pro wrestling is to have the fans emotionally invested in you and your character and everything like that. Put that, like, you're trying to get 
your fans invested in your characters and everything like that, why not take that same energy into your product? Yeah. Well, like I, the hottest, the hottest storyline of 2020, Otis and Mandy. My opinion, by far. Can't tell me you weren't emo- emotionally invested in that shit. Okay, yeah. that's what happens when you take your time to put investment into something. The payoff's a hell of a lot better, and your subscriber or your viewership goes up. You can't sit there and give to like, hey, this is going to be your next guy three weeks later. Oh, no, this is going to be your next guy. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, that's going to be your next guy. No, you need to, like, steady build up a loyal, like, a loyal roster that you have. Build them up so it so your viewership will be more emotionally attached to it and they'll want to invest more. Just take that and convert it into your network. Yeah, well, WWE, it's funny how you say it like that, right? WWE's network is exactly how they run, like, the WWE superstars. Like, every three weeks, you're going to see somebody brand new, and they're going to try to push them out there as a face, whether it was the OC or the Revival or... Uh, Cedric Alexander, Ricochet, like the programming mm-hmm. for it is exactly how they're running it, right? It's, oh, this isn't going to work out, so we're just going to cancel this shit when people are just starting to get invested into it. That's, it's, it's so weird to see how Vince McMahon like thinks about the network and thinks about how we can't get involved. So if you're not getting, if the show's not getting over, we're just going to cut them just like the way he does with the wrestlers. And right. I don't know, it's, it's just, it's, it's a dumb way to do business. I mean, Netflix, has like 40 shitty shows on their show, but they then get back and get attached to it. So I don't, I don't know. I don't even know what the answer is to like get, to get like some of those shows back. Cause like I said, I liked Corey Graves' show about tattoos. It was great. I can't remember the title of it. I just remember that he was on there talking to everybody about it. And I liked the episode where Luke Gallus was talking about, you know, he has a tattoo shop and he was getting tat, he was getting tattooed that day. So I just think, I think what WWE needs to do is they need to find like programs that they're really going to believe in and invest into it. A 24/7 of Tamina will bring in so many people just to show how much hate <laughs> she gets from somebody like other people on the show. <laughs> I promise you, I wouldn't watch it. I, I promise you, you, you would watch it just to see how much you could talk more shit about her later down the road. Touche, <laughs> touche. I just. I don't know. I just think Vince really needs to focus on his 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 audience and figure out like if I want to bring more people in, I got to make the product on Raw and SmackDown good and keep it sustained, and then invest into the network so people will come back and watch the network too, so they can get the behind the scenes of everything else. I agree with I agree with everything you guys are saying, and my comparison would be is um, look at the Marvel Cinematic Universe. For a prime example, um, at the beginning, they really wasn't making that much of a profit, but through consistency, they kept growing. And then as they, you know, we started getting emotionally invested. Let's think about it. Before 2008, nobody cared about Iron Man. Iron Man was like a C-list superhero. And then now all of a sudden, he's like one of the hottest things ever. He probably had one of the best character arcs in all of cinema. Um, it comes down to consistency, like uh, Eric was saying. Maybe they should just don't give up. That's like saying, oh, because Incredible Hulk flopped, we should just give up on the cinematic universe. Oh, because Thor 
Thor 1 wasn't a success, we should just give up. Uh, because people thought that the first Avenger was cringy and only made $300 million, we should just give up. You know? So, I, so I just think, yeah, like Eric said, it just comes down to consistency, I think. And if they actually put time to care about it, instead of just dropping it after it's just not doing well, like a little bit of a rough patch, then it's not going to get any better. But if they, you know, if they actually try to care more, they get better. That's just my that's just my take. I'm gonna just tell you, you are so disrespectful for leaving off the best Marvel movie that started a whole thing off with Blade, and then you know you can talk about how shitty Hulk was. Like you, you know what? It's because you're too fucking young. You don't you never <laughs> watched Blade. Clearly, I have seen I've seen uh, three Blade movies. The third one's bad. But, yeah. First of all, we're not talking about all the other Blade movies. We're talking about the first Blade movie that put Marvel <laughs> on the map, that really started pushing Marvel on the map. And then we can talk about that shitty Hulk movie, and then you can go into, you know, Iron Man. But don't don't be disrespectful and leave Blade off that list. Pay your respect. I was, good I was talking about the MCU. If it wasn't for Blade starting off, you know what? Fuck it. I'm not, you know, I'm going to get into this because it's not this podcast. It's not this podcast. Okay. If it wasn't for Blade, there would be no, like, even attempt at Iron Man. So, pay your uh, respect. I would say it's, if it's not because of Spider-Man. I was going to say that, too. Spider-Man and X-Men. I was going to say, Spider-Man I got to go with it. is the dude. Let's just put it out there, okay? Blade was I'm not going to lie that Blade isn't the dude, but <laughs> we're going to talk about cinema movies. If it wasn't for that damn uh, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movie and fucking Hugh Jackman and his damn goddamn claws. We wouldn't have gotten where we at as far as superhero movies. But anyway, this, this is, we're not talking about superhero. Not this podcast. <laughs> not this podcast. But anyway, um, so we're going to move on. It is now time for my favorite and the best segment in all of Three Count Podcast. It's time for the Red Dogs Power Rankings. Let me call Dr. Phil for this. <laughs> so, let's uh, let's give a big thanks to Hollow Drive again for their cover of Danger Zone. It's an incredible song, and we like to thank them for letting us use it. So, that goes off. So, let's start us off, right? So, we have a top ten, but this week we have an honorable mention. So, I want to put out there, the honorable mention will be Cameron Grimes. Uh, I thought his match with Mabella was really good, so I definitely have to give big props. So, if that's the honorable mention... How do we get the rest of this going? Number 10, Le Champion, Chris Jericho. Uh, I, yeah, I have to give props to, to Chris always. Uh, number 9, uh, Jeff Hardy. I liked his match at Money in the Bank. It was great. Number 8, Mr. Brody Lee. Thought that was a fun matchup watching. Number 7, um, yeah, it's weird to say this. Braun Strowman. Still on this list. Money in the Bank. Thought that was okay. Uh, number six, uh, Bailey. I uh, thought her match yeah. with Tamina. We we've discussed this a couple times. Um, great beginning, kind of sloppy in the middle. Good ending. So I had to put her up. Number five. I actually like this match a lot. Uh, NXT 
this last Wednesday, Matt Riddle, like, just killed it, right? Right at the end. I loved it. Uh, number four, we have to give it up to the Money in the Bank winners, right? So, Asuka and Otis. Those are, they're, they're great on the show. Uh, number three, um, is Chaz's favorite person, the sexy Scottman, Drew McIntyre. Number two, give it up for your new NXT Tag Team Champions, Imperium. Uh, that match that they had with Matt Riddle and Timothy Thatcher was incredible. <laughs> That's right. Pay your salutes. Um, and then number one, uh, I thought this was a great four-way match. I loved it on Money in the Bank. I set it off. I, I thought this was a great matchup that, that started Money in the Bank. So, uh, the New Day. So, they're number one in our book. All right, Cliff, I don't have any problems with your uh, top ten power rankings this week. Praise <laughs> the Lord. I have a problem with it. Oh, really? Yes. Oh. Number six should not be Bailey. It should be Karen. Stop calling her that. <laughs> oh, Gracious. I'm not. You have time for your goddamn foolishness. All right. So we're going to move on to our next subject, and it's the three counts favorite game to play. It's called If I Had the Pencil. Now, as we know, the most powerful tool in wrestling is the pencil. So we're going to play that game. Double or nothing, AEW's pay-per-view is coming up next week. Well, if you are listening to this, it's on a Monday. So it is the end of the week. So this Saturday will be double or nothing. So we here at the three count like to predict who is going to win. Um, before we get into that, I like to reveal the results for our, uh, if I had the pencil for money in the bank. So, as if I can read this, Cliff, you were 57% correct in your predictions. Let's go. <laughs> JJ, you were 57% as well. Damn it, I didn't beat Cliff. In your predictions. Uh, Io, you were 64% correct in your predictions. Oh. And we're gonna keep, uh, we're not gonna talk about my, uh, number. Oh, no, no, no. Go ahead. Put it out there. Put it out there, good oh. sir. Number, bro. What's your number? 42% correct. <laughs> <laughs> so, if we, um, so what I did was I averaged our two score, two percentages from my, from WrestleMania and Money in the Bank. So, the right now, the standings are Cliff, you're at 50% this year. Uh, JJ, you're at 53%. Uh, Idol, you're at a whopping 60%. And I'm at 52%. So that is the standings for the, if I had the pencil game. Um, hopefully I can, uh, get a turnaround on this week's pay-per-view with AEW Double or Nothing. So, with that being said, let me pull up the Double or Nothing card. And with that being said, so, first match, we're gonna start off with, is the AEW World Championship. Eric, you can participate in this as well. And it's, you get an easy win because well, if you get it wrong, it doesn't count against your record because, hey, you only get one. So, AEW World Championship, Brody Lee versus John 
Moxley. Who we got going over? Eric, you start us off, man. Mox. Wow, he was ready. He was ready with it. He already knew. He had his answer ready before we even started the game. He said Mox. Cliff. Well, you gave him plenty of time to think with that introduction. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you really did. Um. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Mox on this one. Yeah, because like you know Harper, but is that, is that, he was Harper, right? Yeah. Yes, yeah, because yeah, Harper would beat Dean Ambrose, right? Right, exactly. So, JJ, who you got? <laughs> um, I think I'm just gonna go with him. You going with Yeah, I, I I like Brody Lee's and his his dank order, but you know the dank order. Oh man, but yeah, not his time yet. I gotta go with Mox as well. Uh, he's he's on a roll. I don't think. Um, he's gonna lose the title anytime soon after beating Le Champion. So I got Mox. Who you got, Idol? Yeah, I'm going with Mox as well. Alrighty, next match we have the AEW TNT Championship match: Cody versus Lance Archer. I'm gonna go off on a limb and I'm going to say Lance Archer. Who you got, uh, Idol? Uh, hmm. I'm gonna go with Lance as well. Huh? Eric? Uh, I'm gonna go with Cody. Cody? JJ? Okay, so my heart is saying Cody, but I don't think Cody really needs the title per se. So I would like to see Lance have it. So I'm going with Lance on this one. Cliff? Yeah, I'm gonna go with Lance as well. Oh man, everyone, everyone's on the same page so far. We'll see how this goes, and watch every one of us get everyone wrong. <laughs> and we'll be in the chat screaming, "This is all your fault!" All right, so we got a stand, a stadium stampede match, whatever the fuck that means. But hey, it is what it is. So we got the elite versus the inner circle. Eric, who you got? Oh, uh, the elite. Cliff. The inner circle. Inner circle. JJ, the inner circle. I have the elite going over. Uh, why not? It's the first time that the elite will be back together. So, hey, I got the elite. But it's not, it's not the elite, though. It's everybody and then Matt Hardy. It's not the elite. Yeah. Uh, same thing. Tony Khan loves the elite. They're all executive vice presidents. I'm going to use that. Cody's not in that match. I don't care. Hangman. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, Hangman isn't. Who you got, Idol? <laughs> uh, I'm going with the Elite. Yeah, he's going with that. He's going with that. I want the feel good moment. I want the dude who delivers the Judas effect and has the crowd singing his theme song. That's what I want. Thank you. Messed up Pineapple Pete's face. <laughs> Pineapple Pete had it coming. Okay. <laughs> that was just that was that was funny, but it like it was that was wrong. That was like, oh my god. <laughs> Next match up in double or nothing, we have the AEW Women's Championship match. We got Nyla Rose versus uh, 
Hikaru Shida in a no disqualification match. I probably oh. butchered her name. But hell, who do I care? Who you got, Cliff? Uh, I'm gonna take Sheeta. Really? Yeah, I'm gonna take Sheeta. You know why? She's gonna get help from Rio. <laughs> Let me tell you oh. something. Let me tell you something. If that does oh. indeed happen, I swear oh, on everything that is holy, I will pop, pop a blood vessel in my left temple. I will scream to the heavens. That this is the most dumbest shit I've ever seen. I mean, Riho. But anyway, who you have, JJ? A rose by any other name. Nyla Rose. All right. Smell. Eric, who you got? Uh, Before I give my answer, has Hakara Shida had her actual, like, one-on-one women's championship match before this? Because I knew she was a number one contender before all of this, like, when the power rankings first started. But every single time, it's always been, like, thrown into, like, a three-way or a four-way match at the last minute. Uh, she had, she had one title match. It was her on, in Riho on a Dynamite, and the Nightmare Collective cost her the match. Uh, I'm gonna go with Hikaru Shida. Was that, was that that match, or was it, no, I thought, I thought it was Shida and Statlander that were fighting that match. Oh, no, 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 you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right, it was Riho, because I remember, because they, they, yeah, they were, like, clashing. It's not very hard to forget it, but some things just get, you know, embedded in your brain. <laughs> but, the my reasoning behind Hikaru Shida is because they spent so much time building her up, and then, just when they're getting ready to pull the trigger, boom, Chris Statlander comes in. Fizzles out just a little bit. I still love Chris Statlander to death. Fizzles out a little bit. Start to build Hikaru Shida back up. Great when you get ready to pull the trigger. Boom, Nyla Rose. So I think if this is any time to be able to do it, Hikaru Shida, this should be her time. I agree with you on that, but uh, I got to go with Nyla Rose. <laughs> I agree on that. I love Nyla Rose. She's an awesome human being. Uh, I, I agree. I agree. And that, and the funny thing is that it's so true. As soon as they they build someone up, someone else comes up. You build that person up, someone else. But I just don't think they're gonna get rid of Nyla Rose that easily. Um, no, but I, I would think, love to see that for like a good like three to six month feud. Same. I think that would be great. Same, same, same. Idol, who you got? Hmm. And you said this is a notice qualification match. Yes. That's hard to say. That's really hard to say. I think I'm I'm gonna go with Hikaru Shida. Oh shit! I didn't expect uh, yeah. that. I didn't expect yeah. that. Okay. Alrighty, so. This is on the buy-in pre-show. We got Private Party versus Best Friends. Cliff, who you got? Yeah, I want to go with I want to go with Private Party, but Best Friends have been putting in a lot of work, and I think they're gonna let them keep pushing them. So I'll go with Best Friends. 
Also, I want to put out there that this is also the uh, number one contendership for the AEW tag titles. Enough. I didn't put that in there, but that is also for in this tag match. Eric, who you got? The fans. <laughs> yes. Facts. <laughs> well, I'll let him say that, but when I say it, y'all give me shit for it. Because he's a guest. You're the host. Yeah. <laughs> I, just can't, I can't pick. If, like, they both have such... Both teams have such a unique stance on tag team wrestling. And it's it's hard to pick who would edge out who in a match. Gun in my head, if I had to pick, it would probably be private party just because they have the youth and charisma on their side. You got JJ. Private party, best friends. This is tough. This is tough. The bird that's chirping in the background is telling you to pick private party. That's what they told me. Sure. I, I speak bird. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't. I don't know. Honestly, this, this is a really, really uh, tough one to pick. And that's on the pre-show. <laughs> uh, can I like get a, like a skip? I don't want to pick. This uh, is no. no, motherfucker. No, no damn percent. That's what you get. Yeah, you're going to get a zero for that one. Damn, like this is actually kind of tough. Um, so at the end of the year, there's a prize for out of whoever wins. I just don't know what the prize is yet. All right. Uh, as this pains me to say, I'm going best friends. Best friends. All right. That, I'm writing it down, so it's now it's official. All righty. No, I changed my mind. Oh, too late. Damn so, nope. Chris Idol, who do you have? Private party? Yeah, okay, I'm gonna go with private party. And uh, I, yeah, private yeah. party. I gotta go. See, I like both teams, but I see the the run that Best Friends is going on right now. So it would, you know, I understand it, Birdie. I I know, I know you like private party, but I gotta go with the Best Friends. But it's just they're 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 on a roll right now, and I don't think. They would do all of this just to have them lose to Private Party, who we haven't seen in a, you know. I don't even know when the last time we've seen Private Party in recent memory. Have we seen them at all in 2020? Nah. Uh, Sparingly. Very sparingly. The the little birdie is upset that I picked Best Friends. He's going off right now. Next match. Um, (laughs) Everyone's favorite dentist, Britt Baker versus Chris Statliner. (laughs) <laughs> Britt Baker or Chris Statland? Who you got, Eric? Oh, man. Um, I'm, I'm, it's going to sound pretty controversial, but I'm going to say Chris Statlander. Man. Cliff, I just don't like Britt Baker. <laughs> really, I don't like her. What? I love her. <laughs> like, <laughs> Okay, Ben Stein is the only person that's allowed to talk in a monotone, okay? <laughs> okay. I like it. I like it. I'll get I'll take that. I'll take that. I'll take that. <laughs> it's yeah. I love it. But no hard feelings. <laughs> With that. <laughs> I'm going to go with Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. <laughs> oh. oh, man, that was funny. Hey, did you guys know that she's a dentist? 
I hate you. I did and not it, know that. You I didn't know, did you know that. Did you know that she's Alex? Did you know that she's Adam Cole's uh, girlfriend? I did know that. I did know that. I, I, what? I, I knew. Yeah, I follow her on Twitter. And that's yeah. why. Wow. <laughs> you didn't tell us. You didn't tell us any of this. Well, I thought you guys knew already because they mentioned it so much. So I just thought it was you know common knowledge that Britt Breaker's a dentist. The first time hearing Oh wow! I you know, gotta keep up. You gotta keep up. No, I, I had yeah, no idea. Think, apparently, apparently, Big Swole. Big Swole's married to Cedric. What? <laughs> yeah, no, I, didn't, I knew that. I didn't know that. <laughs> this yes, is they crazy. On, uh, <laughs> we mentioned it on AEW. What? I never <clears throat> Was she married to anything? Yes. <laughs> Because she said the only thing that's relevant, because Britt tried to sit there and say the only thing relevant about you is your boyfriend's wrestling career. And then she turned around and said, I'm married, baby. And then, oh, yes, 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 yeah, 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 she just did it. She did. Yes, I remember that one, actually. Yeah. Now I'm doing that. I do remember that. Um, all right, Idol, who you have, Britt or uh, Chris, Statlander? Statlander? Statlander. Uh, I'm going with Britt Baker. Just because, you know, at some point she's got to win a match. <laughs> I figured, you know, at some point she's got to win something, right? I mean, she loses, like, everything every time. I figured, you know, one of these days she's got to win a match. Why, why not this? Sheeta? Or no, Sheeta beat her after she broke her nose. Oh, exactly. Right. She got her nose broken in vain. She lost twice. <laughs> Uh, I gotta go with Britt Baker. Uh, I, I I love Britt Baker since the moment I seen her. So <laughs> the moment I laid eyes on Britt Baker. Seriously, like the moment I laid eyes on Britt Baker, I was in love. And she hasn't stirred me wrong yet. She hasn't done anything to make me hate her yet. So uh, I gotta go with Britt. Who you got, JJ? This should be an easy one. I'm going Brittany. Yes, Brittany. Wow, we're all with I think this is probably the first time we all have had so many, like, straight down the line, uh, we all in agreement on who wins. I, I like, I like Britt Baker. I understand that, but I'm just looking at this so far as like, geez, we're all on the same, uh, same, uh, same wavelength. Uh, MJF versus yeah. Jungle Boy, probably the best match on the card. Um, I don't even know who I got to pick on that one, but I'm going to go with MJF. Why the fuck not? Heel, I love heels. Heel 365. So I got MJF. Who you got, Cliff? I got MJF. <laughs> you got MJF. Who you got, Idol? Yeah, I got MJF. Yep, so do, so do I, the birds. You changed Cody. <laughs> That's facts. Eric, who you got? Oh, man. I, I really want to say MJF just because MJF's that dude, but I'm really pulling for Jungle Boy, and it's going to be like a huge come-from-behind victory. <laughs> Why are you, JJ? Who you got? You know what, what got me over in the WrestleMania uh, predictions? What? Being the only one to get it right. So oh. I'm going Jungle Boy. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> That's right. Talk your shit, brother. Talk your shit. Talk your shit. What? What? 
for WrestleMania, like, I got all the ones where you guys picked, like, someone else, and I picked the other person, and I, like, with Elias and Corbin, that, okay. I That's right, if it, if, it, if, it, if it ain't broke, don't fix exactly. it. All right, yeah, so. Yeah, Skippy. <laughs> so the last match, um, as far as right now on the card, is the Casino Ladder Match. Now, with that being said, so far, who has been announced is Darby Allen, Colt Cabana, Orange Cassidy, Ray Phoenix, Scorpio Sky, Kip Sabian, and there are three others to be decided. We'll probably find those out on. Did you say? Did you say Kazarian? I did not say Kazarian. Is he in it? Yeah, he's in it. Yeah, he There's got Kazarian in it as well. So two more that have not been decided. So with that being said, who is your pick? Idol? Uh, I'm going with... I'm going to go with Scorpio Sky. Mm. He did get a video package. He did. <laughs> so, <you> know. <laughs> so, Scorpio, you know Scorpio Sky, uh, he followed me and then unfollowed me on Instagram? Oh, he must have saw what you post. I, I guess that must have been, but yeah, he definitely followed me on Instagram. I'll never forget it. I was like, oh, that's Scorpio Sky. And just like that, when I tried to take a screenshot of he followed that, he followed me, the notification was gone. So, uh, yeah. But anyway, um, I got, uh, let's see here. I got Darby. I got Darby Allen win. Don't give me, I don't have a reason why. I just got a hunch. Got a hunch on Darby Allen. Were you going to pick Darby Allen, JJ? That's a good hunch. No, that is a good hunch. Yes, that's who I was going for. Okay, well, um, is that your official uh, vote? I'll write it down. Just write it down. Okay, cool. Darby. JJ got Darby. Who you got, Eric? Um, I might have to go with Darby, too. Like, personally, I haven't watched AEW in the last couple of weeks, so I have no idea what's really going on. It's okay. You're not missing much. All right. So, Um, don't don't fuck with the the ladder match. (laughs) <laughs> all right is so it just, it, it, apparently uh, it it's just a legit ladder match and the winner gets a uh, future AEW world title match That's what so, okay, so basically yeah I, uh, imagine uh, money yeah, in the bank with rumble rules did you see did you guys see the rules for the match i did not no. see the rules you can announce the rules uh, right now for all the listeners and me apparently because i don't know um <laughs> uh, so basically, it's uh, what is it? Nine competitors all together? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So there's nine competitors in the match. Uh, two start out, and at certain time intervals, I can't remember. Uh, other competitors will be entering the ring. So theoretically, the match could end before all nine competitors enter the officially enter the match. Huh. That's actually. I was like, I don't that's oh, interesting. That's different. Well, that's different. Yeah, because the say I was like, oh, they're just copying Money in the Bank. That's kind of boring. But then, yeah. So I was like, oh, okay. Hmm. All right. It's like a mix between, like, the Rumble and Money in the Bank. All right. It's different. I'll give it a try. Seems interesting. Uh, that's King of Ladders 2020 right there. Um, <laughs> Cliff, who you got? Uh, I'm going to agree with you guys. Like, I got Darby Allen. Got Darby. All righty, 
I'm gonna take the guy who got kicked in the face by Ray Phoenix, who was improvised, or he was motiv- motivated by his Liu Kang impression. And uh, yeah, <laughs> I want to let you know. Yeah, he didn't have to come in, but I will. I want. I want. I want to put it out there. I saw the kick, and when it happened, I legitimately like was like, "Oh shit!" and like literally like jumped up and down because I really thought like his head fell off his body. Like I had to rewind yeah. it to make sure that he didn't decapacitate Orange Cassidy when Ray Phoenix kicked the holy shit out of him. Oh, wow! Yeah, he Eric, that's, so that's a not word. That's not a word, Chaz. It's not. Oh well, that's how bad that kick. Together, uh, decapitate and incapacitate. Same thing, damn it. You know what I was trying to say. That kick was that damn devastating. They got me mixing up words. I, hey, I understand. I feel you. That was a, that kick was crazy. But Tamina could never. Tamina, you're right. Tamina could never. Don't get me started. Anyway, um, on that note, that is all we have on this show. I want to give a special shout out to Eric for coming on the show. Thank you so very much, my guy. Um, it's been a blast. Um, we definitely got to have you come back on definitely another time. Um, Anytime, bro, you are welcomed here. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'd love to do this again. Um, ladies and gentlemen, tomorrow, well, not tomorrow, but this Friday, we have Now Entering the Ring. Three Count Presents Now Entering the Ring. Bam! Williams will be on the show. Oh, God. That's going to be funny. That's going to be <laughs> a hilarious show. Interesting. Uh, me, we all, I uh, think, for the most part, we all know uh, Bam and... Bam is bam. That's just that's the only way we can describe them. So definitely be on the lookout at the end of the week for that episode. And with that being said, my name is Chaz Evans here with Eric Acton, here with the Red Dog, Cliff Miller, the 24-time bare knuckle, hide your kids, hide your wife, slap your mama twice because the food was delicious, world African-American, pan-African champion, Chris Idol, here with Napster, also known as J.J., Signing off on the three count. Have a good afternoon, good morning, good night, whatever time you're listening at this. Make sure you follow us on all social media pod, uh, social media platforms. Getting my words mixed up. Follow us and subscribe on YouTube. We have a YouTube channel, so make sure you go uh, subscribe to that. See all cool content. And uh, am I missing anything else? Make sure you just say like, like YouTube because you know the YouTube algorithm. You know if you like a video, that means. Oh, so, okay, like the videos, too. Yes, make sure you like it, even if you don't like it. Just hit the like button. Or dislike it, you know. You can dislike it, too, but if you do, I'll send, you know, Chris Idol to, like, give you guys a German suplex if that happens. So, make sure you like it. And again, I'm Chaz Evans. Good night. Oh, I'm definitely the one who's actually recording. (laughs) I forgot I'm in charge. I'm definitely not. I'm definitely going to keep that in, too.